the, the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like that. Up. You just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing I've ever it, seen. It go, I am all about just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. You don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Hello and welcome back to the Boga Hunting Podcast, everybody. This is a show for hunters of all skill levels looking for knowledge and experience. So follow along and let's strengthen your hunt. First light. First light camo. We uh, rock a lot of their gear a lot of the time. In fact, on a daily basis, I wear an article of First Light clothing. Great stuff. If you are a whitetail hunter, it's great stuff. If you hunt out west, we love it. Their wool is top of the line. Merino wool is the way to go. Firstlight.com. Another sponsor of this podcast is HuntWise. It's an app that's basically your one-stop shop when you want to do anything with hunting on your phone. It's got social media. It's got mapping software. It has a place to buy gear. It's it's awesome. If you want to learn more, go to HuntWise.com. Handcrafted in a small northern Michigan town, Bivouac Bow Company is Michigan's premier traditional archery manufacturer. Their machines and sanders are all purpose-built, and they only use the highest quality materials available. To meet the bowyers in their truly one-of-a-kind bows, visit bivouacbowco.com. If you haven't heard yet, there's a lot of buzz around saddle hunting these days, and if you're anything like us, you want to use the best gear available. If you're thinking of trying your hand at saddle hunting this year, don't settle for some knockoff brand. Use the saddle company that has been doing it since 1961. Visit trophyline.com to find out more. One of the reasons we've been so successful hunting in the backcountry is because we've had quality products to work with, and we've decided to partner with Seek Outside for a couple of reasons. All their products are really made to improve the backcountry experience, whether that's backpacks, tents, stoves, or other backcountry gear. These guys really know how to make a quality product. So if you want to learn more, head over to seekoutside.com. Last but not least, Stirka Optics. Stirka Optics. Do you say Stirka? I say Stirka. Great binoculars, great rifle scopes. Yeah. I'm actually going to be rocking one on my uh, AR build that I have. A little red dot action. Great warranty made in the U.S. Uh, check them out, stirkastrong.com. All right, welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. Uh, today is a bit of a recap episode with Mark and Jared on the line. How are you and guys? Hey, Jim. Hey. Jim. Hey, doing, you guys? doing real well. Excited to be uh, back on the podcast and talking about past hunts. It's been a lot. It's, like, it's been too long for like, you, Mark. It has been. I, like it's been months. Well, apparently, I have to kill something for you guys to invite me That's back. Right. That's right. That's right. Got it. You guys must both be like pretty big men right now. Would you? Would you say that that's accurate? Uh, might be a bit of an overstatement, but feeling feeling good, riding the high. Two days after, pretty good, Jared. How about you? How are you feeling? Um, I think the manly surge kind of dwindled down because I just uh, cut my beard. You cut your beard. She's she gone. Like, how cut are you? Like, bristly. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You're like a different what? person when you lose that beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a I young... I have respect for you when you have that beard. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get that a lot. <laughs> but um, I came home, and I just was kind of just 
tired from walking around the whole time. I won't get into the details because I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But I sat down on the couch and my daughter goes, Dad, I don't like your beard. (laughs) What? You said you love my beard. No. I was like, well, do you want to cut it? And she just got the biggest eyes as soon as I said that. So I let her cut it all off and she had a hey-o time doing it. So I can grow it again. When you cut it, what's the length? Like, you cut it with a guard on it all, or do you no go guard? Right? No guard. No guard. Straight to the razor? No, I'll I'll go uh, guardless. So, oh, I so got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, still, still with the buzzers. Yep. I'll bring it down to the bristles, and then if I want to shave yep. it, I do. But the wife kind of likes a little stubble, so I leave a little stubble. Do you guys? Do you guys? Either of you shave down to the skin with like shaving cream? Is that a thing anymore? Yes. You do that? Yeah, on my head. How do you think it gets so perfectly glossy up there? I saw it, I saw it with stubble. I saw Jared just had <laughs> that's, we that's, that's very true. I had a ton of hair. And my wife called it yeah. out too. But the thing is, on the top of my head, it just it looks like a barren wasteland. You know, a couple little trees scattered around. <laughs> but then right halfway down my head, about halfway to my ear, is when the luscious grass starts to grow again so it just i just kind of look like a monk from oh, yeah. uh, a medieval monk. <laughs> a little bit of edge cover there yeah and uh, i don't know it <laughs> makes me look about 50 instead of 32 so yeah yeah that'll do it to you. mark i would like to see it's, you with a beard i've i've always had the like uh the short beard going on i've, I've never let it go long um do you think you could you could do it is it burly enough i don't i don't think so it's a little thin on the sides yeah, but it was right like probably a decade. It was my, actually, it was when I met my wife about geez, 10 years ago or so. She was like, why do you shave every day? And I was like, I don't know. That's what I've done since I was 16. Because it's a classy <laughs> move. Leave me alone. And, and uh, I just stopped one day, and that's just kind of how it's been. It's like, this is much easier. Save myself 15 minutes every morning. That's right. It is much easier. So, guys, let's talk about turkey hunting this year. Cause, uh, do it. I think I caught the COVID again after I jumped into the river, like I did. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a lake. <laughs> that was a lake. May have once uh, been a river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to hear the story on the uh, body of water that you ended up jumping into. Not to skip too far ahead here, but That's you described this body of water as a murky, marshy swamp, and that yeah. was like sandy beach. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. No, so, okay, we just to rewind. Let's just set the, the, the table here. This was a wager we placed every year when we turkey hunt. We placed some sort of wager, mm-hmm. and the loser has to jump in the pond. So last year we did a shoot off with our trad bows, Jared and I, and Jared had to jump into this. Uh, did you jump into the, uh, the Haymarsh? I did, man. I sure yeah. as shit did. That <laughs> was cold. So, Thank you. This, this year, we, uh, me, Mark, and Jared had a friendly wager on whoever doesn't kill a turkey has to jump in all body of water. Yeah. So and if nobody got a turkey, about, everyone's jumping in. Yep. And so since we can't really, like, go to see Mark and we can't really get together because of the COVID whole deal, uh, we had to find our own bodies of water. So I lost because I didn't get a turkey and ended up jumping in the water. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the background there, and you guys were so made that nice. and warm. God, I felt so Thank good you. watching them just fall into that water. 
I no really idea, didn't want to do that. I just didn't. Yeah. Well, so let's maybe, why don't we just jump into the story? So first morning, we were all in the stand at the same time in different places. And Mark, you know, I actually haven't heard your story at all, Mark. So maybe you lead off. Yeah. Drive your morning. Mm-hmm. Save it. I mean, it actually kind of starts the, I was going to say the day before, but almost two days before, because my big thing every year when I go for my turkey hunt, I always apply for first week as my first choice, second week as my second, and then the month of May as my third for my family's property. Now, and, you hold on, hold on, hold on. You may have to yeah. explain that because there may be some people who have no idea what you're talking about for okay, the, for so the Michigan in, seasons, in, at least. Michigan turkey seasons are completely different wherever you are in the state. My Where my family's property is, there's essentially three seasons. Um, there's the second to last week of May, the last week of May, I'm sorry, uh, of April, um, and then there's the entire month of May. Um, and I typically try and hunt as early as I can, but you're limited to a, a one-week season. Um, but you can always buy leftover tags and typically there are leftover tags. And sometimes I've had it where the week ahead just looks like complete garbage, like Mm -hmm. pouring rain and wind all week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take my, buy my kill tag. I've already applied. I'm approved to buy this license. Um, but I'm going to hold off until a few days before to purchase my tag. Well, two days before I call up Meyer, uh, local oh, yeah. grocery, grocery store where easiest place to buy a tag. We were already going out to do uh, uh, our two-week grocery run during this uh, pandemic, and I was like, I'm just going to swing over to the uh, sporting good counter and grab my tag. Well, that could not happen. Uh, they have shut down uh, fishing and hunting license sales at uh, all Meyer stores and just mm. about every other retailer across Michigan um, just to focus on quote-unquote essential um (laughs) items and to me getting my kill tag for turkey hunting felt quite essential so i had to do some more calling and driving and finally found one sporting goods store that was kind of putting a foot down and still selling tags and had to drive out there and uh pick one up but they had just changed their hours so instead of going up to camp uh two nights early i ended up driving up the day prior to the hunt and the the thing with uh, the way our property lays out, we typically have a ton of turkeys through the winter months. They seem to always winter in our uh, cedars. And then as soon as it gets nice and there's buds and, you know, stuff popping up um, elsewhere, they tend to kind of just scatter. And I have maybe a 50-50 shot of, like, actually encountering turkeys on our property Uh Pulling into the property this year, I was fortunate enough to see four birds, uh, a Tom and a Jake, uh, in that group strutting in the middle of one of our bean fields from last year. And it was like, all right, cool, game on. So So this was right when you drove up? This was like first glimpse of the property as you come down the road. The first thing I see is four birds standing in the middle of the field. Yes. So that was like huge fist pump moment, like, all right, we've got we've got a season ahead. I have a kill tag in hand, yeah. and there are birds in the field. Um, so I went to uh, our little garage, unloaded my stuff, and put on my gear. And I essentially spent the rest of the day just stalking birds. Um, had my 
binoculars and crawling through ditch banks and trying to keep them in the glass with the hopes of figuring out where they roost. And uh, about seven o'clock, they met up with five more birds, exact same breakdown, one Tom, one Jake, um, three hens this time. I'm sorry, it was four in the other group. And uh, I watched them until sundown. And right at sundown, they ended up running across the uh, field to the neighbor's property and roosting in their pine trees. So at least I had a good idea, even though they were on our property, where they would generally be coming from if I could coax them back onto our place. Okay, so, so you that, put them to bed. Right, that was right when you got there. You followed them, put them to bed, and yep. you were like, sweet. Yeah, you're ready to go right in the morning. Yep, and as I followed them kind of throughout the afternoon, and I broke away a couple times and um, went back to my camp and uh, was able to pick them back up because they were just, like I said, kind of in these little strut zones in the corner of these fields. Um, they came back to one area twice, and my call was that was going to be my spot. Um, it was further away from where they had roosted than I probably would have set up otherwise, but just the sheer... Um, you know, the fact that I had seen them there twice during the day, I thought my odds would be pretty good to set up there. So it was in inside corner on a bean field, and uh, there was a bunch of willow uh, that was on the edge of the field, really thick edge. And yeah. I got out there about 5 a.m. the next morning and just cut a little pocket back into the uh, willows. I carried out a uh, like full-size set of uh, loppers. What? You know what loppers are? They're like mm-hmm. cutting trees. Lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you, got you. Yeah, so I, I threw a set of those in my backpack, yeah. which was a godsend, because um, I ended up having a lot, probably 30 willows, you know. Right. Um, luxury of being on a private parcel. And uh, just kind of created this little alcove, if you want to call it that, um, with a window coming out uh, from those uh those willows looking out into that strut zone that they were in and sure enough soon as started to be a little bit of light on the horizon i could hear the gobbles not only from the direction that i had put those birds to to bed in but uh two other directions as well um and i felt like i was kind of at the epicenter of all of the, mm. the gobbling i was hearing so confidence was uh was pretty high and, well, and it was a, be- I mean, it was a beautiful morning. It was cold the day before, you know, it was like the first kind of sunny, warm morning. That is exactly was like what, I was, what I was saying. If there was a morning to be in the turkey woods, that was it. Yeah. It had a, a really kind of uh, mediocre stretch of weather leading up to it, too, which I think had the birds maybe feeling a bit cooped up. Yeah, I um, agree. All week long, it was cold, windy, rainy. We had sleet, like, just... Kind of we had a, we had a couple snow. inches of snow that week before. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I, it was that morning. I mean, the, the there were so many gobbles. Jared and I were texting, and Mark, you know, like most gobbles I've ever heard in the morning. That Definitely, morning. I would I would completely agree on my end. So, so you hearing all these gobbles? You're set up in an alcove. You cut some willows out. You kind of are packed back in there. Yep. Are you in a across- tent? Nope, not at all. I'm uh, sitting on my butt. One thing I didn't take into consideration is that corner of the field was really wet, so I'm, like, pretty much sitting in water, but I had no choice. (laughs) 
Um, I took a extra coat that I had with me and kind of wadded it up underneath me and did my best to stay dry. But by the end of it, I was, I was pretty soaked. Yeah. Um, and just as soon as I heard gobbles just started real light with, you know, some, um, mm-hmm. some calling and, uh, before I knew it, far side of the field, basically looking straight into the sun, uh, saw this big tail fan working back and forth, just one lone tom all by himself, the, the exact direction that I had put him to bed the, the night before I expected. And this is how it's typically gone at the other archery opportunities I've had. It's like this onslaught of jakes and toms running across the field towards my decoys. And there's just so many heads and it happened so fast and that's led to um you know misses in the past or not being able to to get drawn right and, uh, this was just like the most slow methodical turkey hunt i've ever been on um i'll, I'll definitely send you guys the, the final video but this this time was like full strut the entire time across the field Dude. Slow, yeah, I love that. just take slow time. working it Steady. yep low and steady and then um he ended up looping around me kind of and uh getting back into the edge of the willow and he had heard my call it's amazing how well those birds for i don't know how their ears are formed or you know how they're able to articulate where stuff is but he knew that it was not my hen and a jake out in front of me it was not those two birds that made the sound. He came right. looking straight into the willow. So it's actually, little furry ears they have. You know that little thing? Yeah, yeah. So he was at one point five yards from me in the edge of the willow, full strut, drumming, spitting, and just standing there. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I, I mean, it probably went on for... 10 minutes or so with him just locked up and mm-hmm. I have no shot opportunity whatsoever. Um, cause he's not in my lane that I had cut to the decoy. Right. And, uh, I just gave a couple really light clucks and, uh, it was enough for him to break free from, you know, being stuck up and he slowly started to move in towards the, uh, the Jake and yep. he got, got behind a clump of grass and had his back turned to me with his, tail fan up and I, I drew and I actually had to stay at full draw for quite a while while he sort of made his way into the, the Jake. And as soon as he turned broadside, man, I put it on the wing joint and let it fly. And he flopped hard. Swacked him. Did you, was that actually a swacker or was that a, what was that broadhead you had on? Uh, it's the rage there. I forget what they call their uh, Turkey broadhead, but it's their hypodermic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Those, Super annoying little shock collar slide on there or whatever. I I've always had issues with those things, but when it comes to killing birds, they do a number, man. The the back yeah. side of that bird had a baseball sized hole in it. Yep. Actually took yep. his outside outside wing off. Jeez. Yeah, no, they they're all I mean, there's obviously the drawback, but the best advantage of those things. If you hit a good soft tissue spot even on a deer, I mean, you're gonna blow a huge hole through. And they're not going far. Nope. No. No. So, I've, I've never, like, even watching videos, I don't know if I've seen a turkey flop that hard. I mean, it went straight to his belly, and he didn't move a muscle. Wow. You got him down. How soon, how long were you out there? Like, how long were you waiting? 
I mean, I got out there super early to get that spot prepped. Yeah. Um, but it probably wasn't 15 minutes after legal shooting light. Actually, I would say it was probably half an hour after legal shooting light because as I shot, the first beams of light from the sun were starting to hit me. Yeah. Okay. Um, across, yeah, because you texted us super early. I mean, you texted us. I was like, holy cow, mm-hmm. the thing, like, flew down right into him, you know? Because when yeah, I was, it was... It probably went at least a quarter mile to get across the neighbor's field, my field, and then to me. Because when you we were texting that, the birds I mean were not all out of the trees yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was like, you holy cow. Out. Yeah, that's sweet. So... So that's pretty much it in a nutshell, man. That's uh, that's my first bird with a bow. That's a big. That's a big first. Yeah. And now I, four years, I think. I think this is my fifth season trying to hunt with a bow. One year I got completely skunked by weather. Like, yep. Literally didn't go into the woods, and then I've had uh, a miss and two opportunities where I had birds ten yards in front of me or closer, but couldn't get drawn. Mm. Yep. Bow hunting, especially from just a makeshift ground blind, is not, that's not an easy thing to do for, for turkeys. I mean, that's a low, you're really lowering success rates, but oh, it is sweet when you get one. It's totally yeah. sweet. <laughs> so, had, what's uh, your, what's your, for dinner tonight? So that I was, was just going to uh, say, what's your plan for, for making it? So, you have some turkey soup. What else are you doing with it? Uh, we, we did three things. My uh, almost four year old son is a jerky fanatic. And uh, he wanted nothing more than to make turkey jerky. Mm. So we, we were working on oh, yeah. honey, honey glazed turkey jerky with uh, one of the sides of the breast um, this afternoon. And uh, I spent my morning making turkey noodle soup. Mm. And then the other breast, we're doing just a roasted turkey breast cut up and make some sandwiches and that kind of stuff out of for lunches. Awesome. Nice. That's pretty, I mean, pretty down the fairway meal. You know, oh, totally. can't go wrong with any of that. Nope, pretty safe. Yep. Well, well, I've done with birds in the past. I haven't done the jerky yet, so that that'll be a first. But the the other recipes have been uh, proven success before. Well, we had we've yeah, had we've had some of your uh, summer sausage there up at Deer Camp, oh, yeah. and that uh, that'll change your life. <laughs> I'll take more. Of that. A game changer. <laughs> I can't can't wait to see how that turkey jerky turns out. Yeah, we shall see. That was a good morning. So this whole time, Mark texting Jared and I, we are Jared and I are probably, I don't know, maybe half mile apart. Give you it say three. Jared, maybe a little bit more. That's, that's good social distance, you guys. Oh, yeah. I don't want, I, I, I want to stay away from, you know, giving social distancing <laughs> with or without COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we, uh, yeah, right. Would you say that about half mile apart? That's, that's about, about yeah, accurate. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, we're, we about, you know, Jared goes kind of, I would say you were north of me. And we're, we're all texting, uh, like, holy cow, you know, these, there are so many gobbles. Like, I mean, they're going, they're sounding off, and then a group of five will sound off in like one area. So, I mean, between the two of us, we had to have heard at least 15 different birds. Like, no. I, I know turkey hunters have heard of the phrase, the spring thunder. Yeah. It was like, one turkey would gobble, its echo would hit another one, it would gobble, and you could just hear yep. it like a mile long, just and then it would just yep. like just cross over your head, and then you'd hear some behind you. It was like holy cow! It was awesome. Yeah, I, what I what I loved about that too was 
it gives you a sense of how different different turkeys gobble each other, how how differently they are, the sounds they are make. Mm-hmm. Like the sounds they make are like one will have like a nice crisp, you know, gobble, but sometimes you get that sloppy gobbler mm. that is just kind of like. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one likes a sloppy gobbler. No one. Oh. That's. That was uh, Jared's nickname. In, in that <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. It was there. But no, it was cool to hear that. It was, but the, the interesting thing was, and this had never happened to me before, uh, I was walking out. Jared and I put him to bed the night before. Uh, went to both of our spots, called, we're like, sweet. You know, you hear three different sound offs in the general area where you're headed. You know, you can where they are. Sweet. That morning, I get out, I start walking out, and uh, I'm looking, I'm just, all of a sudden I think, that tree looks like that would be a, a tree a turkey would reason. I'm walking down this, uh, like, seasonal road, and I look up, and there's just a tom just sitting right above me. I'm literally walking right underneath him. I didn't have my flashlight on or anything, but, uh, and he didn't fly off, but I'm, I'm fairly sure he saw me. Like, I, I literally was walking right underneath him. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, I that was actually the Tom later that I called in. I just kept going. Like, normally I'm like, oh, crap, you know, I have to change my whole strategy. I'm going to do something different. What am I going to do? And this time I'm like, nope, stick to the script. Just go where you were planning on going. You know, turkeys aren't that smart. <clears throat> and I've read, you know, they have, as I'm walking, I'm like trying to Google, like, what should I do? And they're like, yeah, you know, because I'm like, I don't know. I've never, I've never, like, usually if they fly down, I'm like, oh, he's probably gone. But this one, like, just was stood there. I'm like, maybe he just didn't care. Maybe he was just sleeping really hard. I don't know. And so I'm like, what should I do? So I looked it up. They're like, you, they have short memories. Just keep doing it. So, so can, you, can you tell me what phrase uh, you gobbled? Or what, <laughs> you gobbled at what Google? you Google to, to it find was like, answer? Oh, dude, I'm a, I'm a master Googler. All right. Mm-hmm. So House I search turkeys. I search, like, walk under roosted turkey hunting or something like that just the, the main words that i wanted to come up and there's a bunch of stuff on it, a bunch of forums and stuff is pretty helpful and so anyways i walk out go sit down finally uh, on a gas line and like jared was jared was saying i mean they're gobbling like crazy so i'm gobbling you know i'm, I'm letting out a few small little yelps and, and everything i'm just supposed to do but i took some advice from jared i'll mm. give this to you jared i did not yelp i did not call that much i called really irregularly only I let the Tom talk first, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of stuck to that. And I maybe would let out like a yell. Because for a while it got quiet. So I'd let out a yelp every 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there. finally get this one come from right where, you know, that turkey was roosted. Come, it's, you know, I, I can hear him coming, gobbling like crazy. And he crosses the goose line probably 70 yards in front of me. And he kind of goes into his list. I'm like, what the heck? He kind of blew right right by me. So I'm calling, and I, I see him stop, turn, and he sees my decoy set up. I have a Jake and a, a hen, a breeder hen. And he, like, literally just takes off towards me, sprinting as fast as he can right at me. I'm like, sweet, you know. Hangs up a few times, do some light purrs, and uh, finally he gets to about 30 yards, but he's still in the brush. And as I think he did that, either he looked at my decoys and something wasn't right, or he saw me move in some way. I was pretty hidden, but the sun was right on me, and he took off. So that was probably my best encounter of the weekend, where I thought, I'm for sure going to have a shot. And it mm-hmm. just materialized. That's exciting. I, mean, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, it was, it was sweet. I mean, it took a good hour and a half to call him in 
you know, different stages of him hanging up and stuff. So it was, it was pretty satisfying to work him in. But, you know, at the end, it was kind of killer. Like, oh, I was so, I was a couple footsteps away. Um, but, you know, I guess that's, that's what hunting kind of is like most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you did everything right. Can I ask what, what um, decoys were you using? I know you said uh, Jake and a breeder head, but, like, pretty uh, high-end decoys or middle of the Yeah. Floor? They were uh, the Montana decoys, I think Miss yep. Perfect, and I don't remember what the name of the Jake is. Yep, which, well, exactly what you're talking about. They were sweet. I mean, they fold up nice. They, they were like almost like a stuffed animal a little bit. And so I like I feel like they're pretty realistic, and they're pretty, you can like adjust their head. They have um, those marble eyes, which are Tom was, was pretty big on. So I don't know. I don't know what it was. And it got, like I, I usually put pin the blame on, blame on me because usually that's probably the reason. So I probably moved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably was something that I did, but I have no no idea. Interesting. So, all you're calling. Yeah, me. I've just I've had that before where they've come charging in and they hit 30 yards, 40 yards, <laughs> and like just put on the brakes. And I'm like, what was it? Was it me? Was it the decoys? <laughs> I right. I thought for certain my uh, spot was going to be blown up this past weekend simply because that Tom came across a 20 acre field looking at my two decoys the entire way. You know, and right. I just, I feel like when you're in those kind of brushier situations where they get a glimpse and they have to kind of work around some stuff, it just right. gives them time to like, not be like, oh, those are two clearly stationary things that are not, I know, um, you know, are not necessarily photorealistic. And I was like, there's no way. Once he circled around the side of me, I'm like, he's hung up because he knows those decoys aren't real. Right. Well, it's hard to tell, like, what do they know? What don't they know? Yeah. You know, and the whole time, again, we're, you know, I wasn't in a, in a, um, a tent or anything either. So, I mean, you're still, you're, you're, you're behind a canvas little, I had like a canvas, uh, camel netting, but yep. still, you're pretty exposed. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think there's some of that there too. Sure. One little, you know, reflection of light off of your glasses or I know. anything. <laughs> It could have been, like, it could have been for sure something like that, or maybe the shine off your bow, or, you yep. know, so. I wonder if it was the so reflection like, on your glasses, because you said the sun may have been hitting you. The sun was literally right in my face, and so I, when he took off, I'm like, man, I, he's gone. I waited for a little while, but I'm like, I want to see what I, my side looked like from his point of view. So I mm-hmm. got out, went to my decoys, and it was like you were shining a spotlight <laughs> right where <laughs> I was sitting. It was like yeah. a, like a beam of sun right on me, so. That's why I say the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I'm sure I move slightly. I mean, they're so sensitive to movement that it's not hard to be, it's not hard for your, your spot to be blown out. Right. So, but anyway, so it's a good morning. I mean, so I waited there for a while afterwards, you know, decided to get up and slowly kind of work back to the car, meet up with Jared. And so I called on my way back. I like to just kind of walk a little bit, call a little bit, see if I can get something to gobble. But they set up pretty, pretty early. I would say that day because the wind got so, yeah, so it was strong. Crazy wind. I was, yeah, just going to say the wind was insane by, I don't even know, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yep. That was the problem. Like in the past, you know, I'll do the morning sit, and then in the afternoon I'll do a little bit of that run and gun, just try to locate him and then quick set up. You know, shed the backpack, bring one or two decoys, and kind of be quick about it. But totally. there was just, 10, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, I've had awesome luck before just going back out. You find that one tom that's peeled away from the group you know yep he's he's yep. finding new hens he kind of peeled off and 
that was what we were kind of gunning for. And it's like, crap, you know, so it got windy. So I headed back to the car and, uh, I, I drive to meet Jared and he's like, he's like, all right, I'm on my, my way back, but doesn't really say anything. Of course, classic Jared fashion. You know, Shows me. Up, he's got a big old Tom just over his shoulder, you know, very, it was, you know, it was a very theatric reveal, Jared. Well, when you're in the blind by yourself, you, your mind, yeah. my mind just tends to race every which direction. So in my head, yeah. after that had happened, I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a perfect time for a little Jared surprise. Yeah, I love Jared surprise. <laughs> and uh, it it played out pretty well. So yeah, it did. It was. I was like, what? You know? So I quick, I quick pulled my phone out. So I wanted to show the the reveal. And um, yeah, so Jared, why don't you? Why don't you step in? Tell, tell my story now. Tell mind. my story now that the ending has already been shown. Well, this is a this is a Tarantino Man. type tell. Anybody posted it on Instagram? So That's the true. World yeah, everyone is a follower. And if you're not, you should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, where do I begin? So that hasn't been said. Probably everything. So but, let me let me ask you a question. When you guys got up there the night before, yeah how how did you? You said when I texted you at the end of the night. Um, how did you both end up roosting birds? Did you do the same thing where you just split off and went to your own mm-hmm. zone separately and then just observed and you each got lucky enough to find birds going to roost? No, we, we, so we split up, but we would just call right after they've gone in their roost. I mean, you know, so we, we, we have sound. two like dedicated areas in separate yep. spots. So that we kind of know of on right. public land out there. Yep. So James went to his, I went to mine, and he had a gobble, and I hit a gobble, and then we just came back. Yeah. So literally, was, when, when they were on roost, you got them to gobble, so like dusk? Yeah. Yes. Yep. It was probably just before 8 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Did you say that it was right, Jared? Mm-hmm. Eight, eight, ish Yep. So you think they were actually in the tree already? Oh, oh for yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've never yeah, never tried that tactic before. I've always done it um, visually, and I think a lot of it's because the property I tend to hunt is, uh, you know, half ag and half uh, yeah. wooden. Oh. Typically, they move from some ag field up into the trees right on the edge, and it's pretty easy to spot them across the field. You're missing out um, on some sleepless nights, Mark, knowing that you've yeah. got a, a tom cornered on a tree that you know of. Yeah, it's yeah, nothing. There's nothing land. yeah, there's nothing else you're going to think of that night. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, it's just a very different terrain, and that's a good point to bring up. Mm-hmm. Because where we're hunting is really just big hardwood. And uh, so we can't really, like, there's no, you can't glass them too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at night, it's like, we, you know, we found out a couple of years back, like, the best way to, to for us to do it, at least in this scenario, would be just wait let them roost and then get before the, you know, before it gets dark and just get a few calls out. We'll do either a, a owl uh, or we'll do some just like yep, some regular yelp. Or, even, or well. even a door slam. Just like you do or in the, the morning. Door slam. Oh yeah. The shot gobble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's, Oh, that's Jared, good to know. I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great tip. If you're in a new place, you got to come next year where we were. That yeah, we was had, with, with, with that was the plan. Limitations. And actually, Jared, this was a great segue. Cause one thing that we didn't cover yet that you should cover mm. is how we approach camping. Oh yeah. So right? because we couldn't, we could not camp. Time, what's the deal? 
Well, we couldn't camp on state land. It was dispersed right. camping is shut down. Yeah. So we were like, crap, what are we going to do? You know, mm, camping is just like half the fun. So we found out that you can actually, Jerry, why am I telling you? Tell no, man, keep, carry on. You're, you're on a roll. Okay. I'm not going to interrupt. Just keep going. So we found, good. Uh, we know we found out that federal land camping was allowed. I had called and, you know, kind of figured it out. Um, so we went to Manistee, camped, and then in the morning got in the car and drove to our, our turkey spot. But it was some, it took some messing around, like Mark, you alluded to, with getting a license. It was not easy, easy to get a license, and then it was not easy to figure out, like, you can camp some places. You really shouldn't leave home, but you can, kind of. Yeah, and then there was, you just, so, just yeah. don't go too far. But not far too enough. Far. And then zero guidelines. I mean, that was the same thing for me. From when I left to get up my license, it was an hour and a half drive. Like, is that too far? I right. I don't know. I run into guys on the river fishing that drive from Detroit every day to come over and fish on the Rogue and the Muskegon, Pier Marquette, whatever else. Yep. It's like, who who is going to be the one to determine what's too far? I I don't know. Yeah, yep. and so there's there's that, and there's like, what? Where can you go? What can you do exactly? You know, and then you get these emails from the DNR that are, are basically saying, you can use your tag, but we encourage you to switch your current tag yeah. out for a later in the season tag. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which was more confusing because it wasn't like a requirement that they were asking you to. No, thanks. It was weird. Because, was weird yeah, thing. there's not going to be COVID-19 in two weeks. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Or they're not going to make it yeah. even harsher in two weeks. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, that's that why we were like. That was my take on yeah. it. Was like, if I can hunt now, I'm hunting now because yep. who knows? In two weeks, anything could happen. Get, get it in. <laughs> yep. So, so that was that was the, the whole time. You know, we're preparing for this turkey hunt. We've got this group chat text going like, what? Like all these ridiculous things that we're trying to figure out together. Where where we can go? You know, what we can do? Who we can be with? It was quite something. But Jared, then jump into your story. Choose just the bluntness. Um, yeah. Just, Start. Hammer in. So, yes, I went to my spot in the morning, and like we had already talked about, gobbles everywhere. So I'm feeling big. Are you noticing a difference? Are there sloppy gobblers as opposed to the tighter oh, gobbles? I heard the sloppiest of gobbles. It I was, feel like it was like he was. It was like he was Jake choking on an acorn while he was <laughs> trying, like while he was trying to gobble. Like just, <laughs> dude, just shut it down. You no. Just knock it off. You get that prepubescent one every once in a while. It's like oh. nice and low, and then uh. yes. So it's, it's like, like well, the, when the jigs try to gobble, they get like they just don't do it very well. Yeah. So <laughs> regardless, it was an an awesome morning to hear. You know, it was. I don't even know where to go with that, but I was hunting on the ground on a ground blind that I'd made the week before. And then it was my first time heading out with the first light phantom. Is it the phantom leafy suit? I think it is. I'll have to double I think check so. it. It was the leafy. The leafy Your tree shirt. shirt. Yeah, my tree shirt, yeah, as my uh, my daughter calls it. And um, <laughs> so I had the face veil on. I had the jacket on. And then I had found some flat, broken rocks that I stacked up uh against this tree so i've got a, a permanent seat out there so i just bring a cushion and sit down i'm already sitting up and i worked out awesome flawlessly um so i'm sitting there i'm hearing the gobbles head off everywhere and finally you know the, all the toms are flying down and you know they're kind of grouping up and after about an hour i'm starting to give off you know a nice little little call sequence and i you know gobble strikes off 
football 100 and, I don't know, 120 yards off to my north. So I'm like, all right, sweet. He knows where I am. I can just sit tight for a little bit. Um, so about another half hour passes and I give out enough, another, hey, Jared. yeah. When you say a, a standard sequence, you want to walk me through what that is. And I didn't ask Mark and I didn't tell mine because Mark and I aren't in the, uh, regional. I was just <laughs> going to say I'm not the, uh, the regional champion. Yeah. Like for, uh, I'm basically a professional year. turkey caller now. Sound like, like the best turkey caller in all of Michigan. Is what that... would it, what's like, it's a pro. <laughs> So, all right, fine. Here, fine. All right, here we go. Um, so I, I actually heard a hen up in the roost behind me because I've got a ridge about, you know, another hundred yards into my back that I know turkeys roost all the time and I'm able to slip in there pretty quiet. So I heard her on the roost just giving out some soft little, you know, kind of quiet yelps of a hen waking up. They'll often give out, you know, soft little yelps and then they'll cluck a little bit. But then when they're ready to fly down – They'll start letting out some cackles, like pack, 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 as they fly down, just to let the tom know like where they are. Like, hey, I'm flying down. So I let off one of those. I gave off some uh, some soft little yelps before that, and then let down a cackle call. And I actually had a tom respond to that. That was still roosted up in a different area, so he knew that a head and hen had flown down in this specific area. So again, just kind of sat tight till that uh, half hour later mark which then I did a little bit of clucking mixed in with a little okay. purrs yep. and then just kind of let off a nice soft little like nine session yelp. And then that's when they nine. just, they fired off again. Yeah. I mean, if you actually watch a live hen giving off yelps, it's not two or three. It's like, I'd say, I don't want to put a specific, but I would, I would say at least maybe eight. Yeah. 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 So that's what you I, you got to kind of commit to it. It's always, yeah. like, always a little nerve wracking. Like, am I going for this? Yep. Yep. I'm doing it. Here turkey. Turkeys, exactly. <laughs> turkeys communicate a lot, believe it or not. Like, if you ever want to watch something, YouTube a hen calling, and you'll see yes. it just sits there sometimes and just yelps for minutes straight. I watched one. The, that, the thing, it's crazy. The thing about committing to those long ones, but the hardest part for me is not the length, but the first couple notes. I'm always <laughs> like, what if it comes out wrong? Like the first one, you know, sometimes you got to get a little feel for it before you, you really get going. I'm always like the first one, like, oh crap! Hopefully, it sounds right. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it. It's all about practicing, you know. But when you're a champ, it just kind of flows out. Oh my goodness! Oh. Yeah, yeah um, Jared Champ Gorthma. <laughs> so I I had done that little sequence, had him fire back at me. So I'm sitting tight, kind of checking behind me, making sure I'm not seeing him coming. But low enough, I did see him coming. So I saw one walk through, saw another one, then I saw a third. So I'm like, sweet, they're heading this way. They're kind of coming up a hill. I'm up more on a like a top, more like a a shelf of a hill. And they are kind of on the opposite side of a little dip that goes down. So I couldn't see them, but I knew they were there previously because obviously I had seen them walk into that area. But I wasn't able to get them to call again. So at this point, I'm doing real soft little, you know, real soft little yelps just to kind of, you know, get them a little bit closer, a little bit more purring. And finally, I see some crest that little dip and it was actually a hen i'm like oh okay well now they're just following a hen around how am i going to get them to break off but the hen actually walked up and found like an old broken down tree like a stump and stood on there and just kind of tucked her head behind behind her i don't know if she was trying to pick bugs out or anything but she just stood there and then all the time all three toms were like in a circle just doing their dance around her 
until one of them saw my decoy set up. And that, those, those two decoys that I had were about 15 yards in front of me. I had a breeder hen and a quarter strut Jake, both facing me and kind of off to the left. Cause that's what Joe told me to do. Nice. And, yeah. Yep. Same here. Thank you, Joe. And you, <laughs> so one of those, I took that advice as well. <laughs> good. That's Thanks, good. Joe. Yeah. It's good advice. So then that one Tom saw me and started kind of like peering, almost like a, like a forward lean towards me. You know what I mean? Like almost like a drunk kind of like walking. Yeah. Like you just sway yeah. side to side. You want to fight? Yeah. So he starts coming and then the second one comes. Swagger walk. Yeah. So then all three of them are like walking shoulder to shoulder, bumping into each other. Like, I'm going to go get this dude for you. And they, they start like trotting up to my decoys and they get behind this big tree that was kind of off to the right of the decoys. And that's when I drew back. And when they started just beating the crap out of that decoy, one of them presented the old Texas heart shot. Oh, yeah, right there. And that was it. That was my first turkey ever, and with a bow, with wow, no. Congrats, yeah, man. yeah, I was super pumped, and it was a. Yeah, that was sweet. It was, was a, a nice one too. Yeah, it was just a sweet, sweet morning for it all to happen. Yeah, there's not a tricky, street right now. That many eyes. Yeah. Know, mo- moving through the woods. It just. It, my, yeah. Most recent archery encounter was same deal where it was a group of, uh, Tom, actually a couple Toms and then a couple Jakes entered from the side at the last minute, and it was like I just could not get drawn. There was mm-hmm. right sim- simply way too many eyes. They were going to scoot, and as soon as I did start to draw, that's exactly what happened. But you uh, lucked out having that tree in front of you to be able to yeah. get your bow drawn. And it, what surprises me the most is that hen behind me could have easily just looked over my direction and saw me draw back. Right. But she didn't, which was awesome. But doing her putt, putt. Yeah, putt, that's the putt, worst putt. sound in the world. Worst sound in the I world. I can that. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut up, you know. So, yeah. After that, after that time had died, I started devising my plan to surprise. Yeah, the big reveal. The big <laughs> reveal. <laughs> so, just let's your, let's just, your MO. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, like, recap Jared's year past year um he last fall you shot two nice bucks mm-hmm. right the same year both kind of, both co- i guess opening weekends i guess you can call them yeah basically both right away one on state land in a new state you've never been to mm-hmm. you uh you've been crowned and there's a literal crown on on right. you on instagram that was a gorgeous as the winner crown. of the michigan uh chapter of turkey color that country uh hunters and angles Mm-hmm. And within a actually the same morning that you get crowned, you get your first tom with a bow. That's a pretty good run. Well, <laughs> just gotta, just, you know. What you are you going to do next? <laughs> you know, I feel like I should just push for elk now. I think you're right. I, I have to admit something though. Hmm. You know, they taught like, I like the whole struggle stick thing, switching to trad. Oh boy. I have been on a dry spell, and watching you, I get a little bit envious of you. Are you switching? You know, like you... you're just putting some animals down, and I am, man, I missed twice in deer season, and I couldn't get them to close in 30 yards. Maybe I'm just a terrible, maybe I'm just bad at this. Oh, Mark. do you Are you well, hearing this right now? Hold on. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's I, in this. the past, I'm like, man, this is so great. But I'm like, man, I'm, I'm like cold right now. I mean, you know you're not putting the odds in your favor. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, and I knew it going in, but it's hard to remember that. I mean, you know, you want to, I want to put down a big old buck, smoke a sloppy gobbler out there. Right. Yeah, but can you live with yourself if you end up switching? Oh, I'm never, I'm not switching back. And I'm, I'm not even. Then what are we talking about? Are, are we just, uh, are, we, are we here I, to hear your grievances and your, yeah. your jealousies? I am, so I am not here for that. Just in that lake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about it. This is something well, you I, chose. I will say, this story doesn't end after this first hunt. There's more that we did. There the is, yeah. The, the weekend. That's so, when, hey, Jared, can you call for me? I know you're like the champ <laughs> and everything. <laughs> that's, that was uh, how I said it? Yeah. It, well, I mean, um, it was a little more whinier, but I yeah. I don't speak. <laughs> that sounds yeah. all right. So we went out that very day. We, you know, we took care of your bird, got back in the car, and we kept hunting even in the wind. Yeah, we, we did not do well. They just would not answer. No, and a... then you walk up. We walked up on one, but like it was so windy, it didn't know we were coming, and like all of a sudden it was right there. So yeah. that that's it's so hard to do running guns when it's fourteen plus mile an hour winds, and yeah. you can barely so your, doesn't work. Yeah, what was your tactic, or maybe you tried multiple? Were you trying to basically like? put a stock on and get visual on birds and then make a play? Or were you doing the, this seems like a birdie spot. I'm just going to sit, give some calls, wait it out for a couple hours and see if something moves to me. Well, our, our whole idea was that they would be in lower areas. Um, stay out of the wind. So what we would try to do is get up before you get to a bowl or maybe a valley or something, kind of call over it like when you're still behind the hill. Um, and we, I just, we didn't ever get any calls back. We never even found him down there. Hmm. The only time we had one was in a bowl, but like there was just no, like we already had called into that area and it just had no idea we, we did, I, I don't think. Or it just was, or it just shut up and wasn't going to call back no matter what. Yeah, know? I mean, we could we could have been going at it just the complete wrong way. The, the main reason we, exactly. we do it this way is because we've had success doing it this way in previous seasons where if you don't, if you don't get your Tom off the roost or that second little seeking time, which is like around, like I like to think around like nine to 10, then usually we'll, we'll the, I guess the cat road shuffle and start, you know, (laughs) start calling every hundred, 200 yards and hoping, hoping that a, uh, a Tom will answer that we can, we can set up on. But yeah, James and I are very, I guess you could call us impatient. Where yeah. even if we yeah. do hear a turkey, like if he's not like fired up and coming in strong, I don't know. I don't like waiting for yeah. him. You're gonna start closing ground. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll either start closing move. ground or we'll just move on. Which yeah. is I don't yeah, know like if it's the right way to do it, but it's just if he's not gonna come in, I'm, I'm not playing games right now. I'm trying to kill you. But in the past, we've done it, and when they hang up, I feel like at that time, mm-hmm. they, it's really hard to get them to. To not to keep coming to convince them to, but we'll try for a little while. We'll give them about half an hour, and if they're calling mm-hmm. or moving away when they call us, then we're willing to try to head them off and circle around or just move on. Yeah. We are pretty impatient, but we do put on a lot of miles. Uh, <laughs> when we, yeah, yeah. what did you guys? What you guys uh, tally up over the weekend? The total weekend or per like, day? Either way. Ooh. I think we average. We did average seven seven a day, seven yeah. miles a day, which is. I mean, it's pretty not like a ton, ton, but we're still we're putting some 
some boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's solid turkey. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and you find a lot of great spots for deer hunting. Yeah, like we crossed, we had to cross a a creek to get yep. to that one spot. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And that was the one that had been. This is the creek I've been talking about this entire turkey season, uh, series. This creek, we we crossed yep. it a couple times, and we had to jump over it at one point. Yeah, and so we got a slow motion video. It was uh, gotta get slow mo. Pretty epic. Yeah, so the next day, the next morning, actually, I was really excited about two. Um, after we we went that afternoon, didn't see anything. Called it a day. The next morning, it was like, man, it was gonna rain a little bit in the morning, dry up. And, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot. We're like, sweet. So we get out there, and uh, first of all, all of a sudden, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden, I hear, and I like snap awake, like, oh crap! And we had slept in. And I don't know how you woke up, Jared, because my alarm didn't go off and I didn't hear an alarm. In a intuition, baby. Instinct. Instinct. Just do it. I wake up with the sun, dude. He wakes up with the sun. He's very, very in tune with nature. <laughs> well, that's what champs do. <laughs> yeah. So Jared's like, Jared's like, oh, shit. So within 10 minutes, I mean, from within, when we woke up. Yeah, within 10 minutes, we were walking. Down. We were, yeah, we were sitting down. Yeah, we ran. We got into the car, drove. We literally sprinted the entire way to the stand. Uh, I'm sitting in my underwear in the car, putting on things. Like yeah. it was, it was. Oh, a, I hunted in Crocs. It was a show. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Uh, my feet were soaking wet. I'm like, ah, no time for boots. Nope. And so we just sprinted. I got these like uh, Crocs, and they, so my feet were soaked. It was cold. That, that was morning. a cold morning, man. I feel bad for you, but not really. Yeah, I was getting the shivers. Like I was shaking. Holy like, crap! Um, but. A great morning. We actually went back to Jared's spot the next day. I was day wondering. Today. I'm like, man, this is, it was a hot spot. He had two other toms there. <clears throat> I'm wondering what, what we can do. So we get in Jared's spot. And by the way, that little stone pile was mm-hmm. beautiful for sitting on. Perfect uh, height. Yes. Very nicely done. Just like the perfect and, uh, squat height. You know what I mean? Oh, it was awesome. You get the perfect 90 degree with your knees. Yeah. Oh, man. You, I needed a pad though. I should have brought a pad yeah. out because I got. I was basically bone and I don't have much back there, so it was bone on rock and wet uh, rock. A wet rock on top. And of wet that. rock, yeah, it was rock. But that's so your we get out there. We, uh, we wet rock. <laughs> nice. Uh, we uh, we get some calling. Not quite as crazy as the morning before, but we still heard quite a quite a few gobbles um, coming off the roost and. What time was it when we finally got got them to respond here? Was that like nine? No, it was earlier than that. Cause we, was it earlier? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to say eight o'clock. Eight Cause o'clock? Because I, I said, this is our last day. If we don't have anything coming in by nine, we're scooting. You did say that. That's, exact, that's a great call. Mm-hmm. Let's get up and move. Yep. So we, uh, we're, we're calling, um, and those same two towns start coming in the house, and we're like, oh, you see that, you know. Mm-hmm. Forever, it was right over the ridge, and here, probably for an hour, where we're like, we know it's right there, we just can't see it. So finally, it pops over the ridge. Um, that same, that same lower area that my three had come up. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that, I feel like you need to move your stand a little closer. It's not a stand, man. You, you, keep, you keep saying why? stand, it's a blind. You're blind. I'm, I always I'll call everything fan. I know. I can deal with it. Even at the beginning, by the way, at the beginning <laughs> of this recording, I wanted to call it out because you said, yeah, when we all got in our stands. Yeah, stand, man. Uh, like I said, I'm going to call it out, fan. Tree stand, got, ground blind. Yeah. 
So anyways, I'm in the stand with you. Uh, I feel like you should move it a little closer. That's fine. Listen to these demands he's putting on. You, you, know, saying, you know, he complains about not. Spirit. He complains about traditional. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Jared, please. Can you move your blind a little closer? Well, no, not Wipe a, my a ass? lot closer. A what? lot closer. <laughs> I, not a little closer. Jeez. Um, but anyways, so they got hung up. We got up, and actually, the same kind of deal happened that morning. It was so or that afternoon, mid morning. Uh, it was so windy. We we had. Like there was no, no way I'd do anything. So we pushed for a couple hours until three. Yeah, and then we called it. So yep. Which brings good, us good which which brings us back to the lake jump. Lake jump. So I didn't kill one. I'm an idiot. Yep. Guess I jumped in the lake. The you turkeyless youper. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cold, Mark. Real cold. So. So, anyways, good season though. Like I said, I mean, we we only got two days because, well, well, we were quarantine and, and everything's yeah. really weird right now. <laughs> but intense two days, and I was, dude, I got home, I was so tired. I hardly slept either of the nights. So I was so excited to go turkey hunting again. So, isn't that the hardest okay. thing? I struggle oh. with that, man. Especially when you oh. know there's birds out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that night we we put them to bed and like we're laying on the ground, you know. <laughs> You're a little cold, and you're all excited for the next morning. First, turkey hunt. Like, opening day. And I just, I mean, I maybe slept an hour or two. So, yeah. So, that's probably the reason why you slept through your alarm on the second day. <laughs> Dude, we were like, it, it, it reminded me of Wisconsin a lot. Where you just get that <laughs> deep to the bone tired. Where you're just like, man, everything is, everything's hard right now. I was, I was noticing a lot of similarities between the two hunts. Yep. Yeah, I, hey. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny because uh, it's funny how a hunt progresses. So, like, when you begin, you, like, go out with all your gear on your back, and you're oh, all yeah. geared up. you got it together. you got a good attitude. And by, like, the end of a hunt, you have, like, you're carrying a couple things in your hand, and you got your bow, and that's about it. you got, like, you know, I have Crocs on and stuff. I feel like as a hunt goes <laughs> on, you, like, spend less time getting into gear. Even in Wisconsin – Putting up a stand and taking it down, I took less with me every time we went on a hang. And by the end yeah. of the week, I had, like, hardly anything with me. Four sticks, three sticks, two sticks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Putting that stand up and taking it down was, you know, after a week, it was like, man, it'd be nice if this thing was up there when I got there. I wouldn't I wouldn't know that feeling, guys. I'm sorry. Once again, Jared tags out early. Yep. Champion caller, Jared Gorsman. All right, well, final words, Jared. We, the only final words are words we want to hear from you. As the turkey calling champion, hmm. what, you know, what set you apart this year when it came to – what gave you success? I would say just learning more about the wild turkey. I think I took much more time this year just learning about a turkey's habits, especially like their calling habits, than I have – uh, in previous seasons, so you just hit the book. Yeah, basically. I just I just started you know researching. Like I I feel like I'm a pretty knowledgeable deer hunter as a like, right. when studying like their behavior and um just kind of like well, how they handle situations. And I just with turkey hunting, I guess up till this point, um, I just didn't know. You know, I would just right. I would just call and hope they would call back and then call again and wonder why they're not like the responding or coming in. And I think just knowing how 
like a turkey responds and communicates just helped helped me a little bit more so yeah well it's funny think about when we first started turkey hunting together we were just calling we were hunting like remember we'd hunt them at night yeah which is not which Uh, wasn't that long ago it wasn't that long ago four years ago yep when we first started hunting turkeys together that was it was just kind of like didn't really know what we were doing and uh it takes a little while but like finding some good resources online like you're saying you can you can get up to speed pretty quick mm-hmm. all right guys well yeah I, I admire that man that's uh that's super cool that you dug into the books and it ended in success for you yeah it was it was actually kind of fun learning about it you know like just Understand, yeah, understanding something different that you've never known before, and like wanting to learn, it makes a big difference yeah. when the, you have to learn or if you want to learn. I will def- definitely say this uh, quarantine has uh, affected my calling this year. I usually it's like about a month before the season starts, which is kind of when the state went into lockdown. It's like, all right, I, I you know freelancer, so I'm typically working from my home office, and I'll just throw the diaphragm call in and just pluck and cluck all day long you know mm-hmm. and uh, right. yeah I, I threw it in once probably three weeks ago or so and like just started working out a few things freshening my skills my wife was like no no <laughs> yeah absolutely not no <laughs> yeah like nope nope i respect that so i i just definitely did not get as much uh brushing up on my calling skills this year as I have in the past, and it is one thing I would I would like to dive in uh, to much more in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like everybody does. I always do it in the car because mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's no other real place to do it where people I, aren't annoyed. Yeah, I just haven't been driving anywhere lately. Yeah. Well, guys, let's uh, let's wrap it up. That was a good turkey season, and uh, now it's time to prepare for things with antlers. Yes. Can't wait. Yes. Pretty so. excited about it. So, lots of good stuff coming. Everybody, thank you for joining. Um, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. 